We'll talk about the Dever signing. We're going to talk about the Guardians camp invites. And barring some time issues, we're going to talk about the future at third base. Uh, the current and future is Jose Ramirez. But what happens if he's hurt? We'll get into that on today's episode of Locked on Guardians. You are Locked on Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I am one of your co-hosts of the show, Jeff Ellis, formerly of Scott, formerly of 24-7, now all of Lockdown. I guess that makes me Justin Latta. Uh Written many places, News Herald, Morning Journal, still freelance there, formerly Guardians Baseball Insider, and now the Next Year in Cleveland newsletter, which you can find at nextyearincleveland.substack.com, and now here at Lockdown Guardians. Yes, and let's begin by going into the news of the day. I didn't want to say big signing at the front because I didn't want anyone to think the Guardians did something. Raphael Dever signed a contract. They did. They did. Well, I mean, it, it, it's not. It's minor league contracts, but they're they interesting. They signed people. They signed, they signed people. people. They did. They signed, <laughs> but they weren't big signings. Um, mm-hmm. And they're interesting. Every single one of those players is interesting for various reasons, and we are going to get it into them in depth, like only we can do on the show today. But Raphael Devers uh, signed the sixth largest contract in baseball history, and as I was joking with Justin before the show, I'm not sure he's the sixth best third baseman in baseball. Um I it's a joke. He's clearly one of the six best, but just want to point out like at that position, he had the sixth highest war last year because he's a bad defender. Um, it's just the truth of the matter. He's, he's not a strong defender at that position. And uh, there's so many great third basemen. It, it's, it's a good time to be a third baseman. You talk about Jose, even with his injury, what he accomplished a year ago, uh, Manny Machado is going to get a ton of money extra in free agency at the highest war amongst third basemen. Nolan Arenado probably should have opted out. Austin Riley is is the National League version of Rafael Devers. And Alex Bregman, has has he won an MVP or has he just been an MVP candidate? Either way, I mean, talking about a guy who is the rare player who walks more than he strikes out. You, you don't see that as much with a guy where both rates are over 10%. Uh, I mean, Devers is clearly in that group, but... To me, it's a top six, and then you got like Matt Chapman kind of in that next tier leading things off. But Boston, I don't know if I want to say they overpaid, but this definitely felt like we can't let we can't let Devers go after trading bets. And I, I will say on the other side of things, if you're going to have to pick which guy to overpay, they should have overpaid bets. Um, that's the guy who's more likely to age better, played a premium position, was younger. Um, and, and I know you'll compare in a second to the Jose situation, but I just again, and it's he's a great player it is a great thing if you're a boston fan that he is going to be there he's going to probably set some records but it, i don't know if i was also a boston fan i'd feel a little too little too late with this front office and for this front office this definitely felt like a oh bleep we can't let anyone else go like they had to do like they were forced into a corner and because they're forced into a corner they paid a lot of money for a lot of years to a guy that about halfway through that contract is going to be their first baseman yeah, Devers had all the leverage in that situation, without a doubt, and that's a franchise that was on the ropes, and they still are. Like you said, they—I don't know what they're doing right now. They—they they are kind of muddled in the middle. They added some—they added some bullpen pieces. They let Nate Evaldi go. 
they're going to try to do something to rotation. I don't know, but you're right. They had to pay Devers, and I think they paid the wrong guy. I think Devers will age fine. Like, are they overpaying? Yes. Will he be a good player for a long time? Yes, he will be. Um, I agree with you. Definitely Mookie Betts would have been the guy signed. I I would not have – I know they don't have a shortstop right now, and I don't even know if they have a shortstop in their system because, well, Marcello Meyer, is he – does he project right. to be a shortstop long-term? Yeah, yeah but, I okay. mean, he's what, like three, four – I mean, he's probably three years away from being three years away. I mean, it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's a joke. So, so he's, he's three years away. I mean, Nick York's the second baseman, Mikey Romero. I mean, all they've done is draft these. I like Mikey that's Romero. Why I, yeah. I, I like him as well. Um, you know, that's why they're going to draft Colt Emerson. Like, they, they have a type, uh, the Ohio kid. Mm-hmm. But uh, but the, York and Romero are not shortstops. Um so yeah. yeah, but I they I mean they need basically then Cleveland I don't you know maybe we can if we have time stay tuned for the after show maybe we figure out even if it's not like um for a Med Rosario but with Cleveland shortstop death like maybe if it was like Ty Freeman or Gabby Arias like maybe there is a trade that could make sense between these two teams because Boston needs someone for the stopgap they do uh, I mean Cleveland's got stopgaps yeah least. and yeah so. Because otherwise, you're moving Trevor Story back to short. I don't know if that's the best move for him. And then you're playing Christian Arroyo at second base. So even if you move Ooh. Trevor Story back to short, Ty Freeman is probably – I mean, Arroyo wasn't bad. But he is a good bench bat. He is not an everyday guy. And no, Bobby Dolbeck. Nobody wants Bobby Dolbeck. Just let me stop you there. No. Yeah, I, I so I would not have paid the money that San Diego did for Xander Bogarts. I think that San Diego overpaid yes. for him. And I think Boston, I know Boston fans are probably bummed by that, and they like Xander. They could have paid him better, but um, I would not have overpaid for him. They overpaid for Devers, but they had no choice at that point. And, you know, he'll be there through I'd his age 30. Pay for him. Yeah, I would go, I, if you're going to overpay, I would overpay Mookie, Devers, and then Bogarts. Um, yes. Devers is the better hitter long-term to me. You know, he could DH in the future, like you said, play first base. But, yeah, he signed at his age 26 season. He was going to hit the free agent market at 27. I think he essentially got what he would have gotten on the open market, right? That's pretty much, yeah. I think, what you could have assumed he was going to get a year from now. Yeah, I, I, I think, again, the reason we bring this up is because Jose Ramirez is a little bit older. Obviously, he got that um, under-market signing in 27 and, – and before heading into 2017, four years, 26 million – he had his breakout year, like you mentioned the other day, the year after he signed that. And then, you know, Cleveland signed him for his age 29 season to that that seven-year deal that takes him through age 35. Boston will have Raphael Devers through age 37. And by that time, he will be a DH. Jose, I think, will be a third baseman up until age 35. I don't think he'll have to, have to be a DH at that point, even if he is. Not a big deal. But Jose is a little bit smaller than Devers. Uh, Devers is a big guy and. I don't know. Maybe he'll get a little bit bigger, but um, yeah, just, you know, <laughs> Jose, we were, I was looking at the contract structure for Jose. I didn't realize this. So uh, Devers is going to get the balance of about 30 million throughout the life of the contract. It's evenly spaced out. It looks like every year um, or 30, I should say 31 or 32. It looks like, but um, Jose is going to make 14 million this year, this, this coming season. He made 22 last year. And then he'll make he'll get increasing salaries every year from here and in 2024 from here on out. Um, boy, Cleveland is awfully lucky that Jose Ramirez likes that in Cleveland. I have no idea how whatever they did. I, I don't know if Jose is just 
a unique guy or if they can replicate this somehow, but boy, they, whatever, the, whatever they did to make Jose Ramirez want to stay in Cleveland and like Cleveland and want to be here, they need to like blueprint that trademark it and try it again and again, because if that's what Devers got, can you imagine what Jose would have got on the open market? Cause he would have been a free agent. I guess, I guess whoever traded for him um, last off season, if Cleveland didn't sign him, would have probably extended him before he hit the market. But um, I mean, if you want to be the devil's advocate on the other side of it, I will point out that like he wasn't going to hit free agency till age 31, as opposed to Devers being age 27. So like, I, I don't think he gets this much. I, I don't think he gets, he gets over 200. Yes. He definitely gets over 200, but I don't think he probably gets something like five years. Five. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Go to age seven. Uh, no one's going to pay him past age 38. So if you're looking at maybe seven years, maybe 30 million. So, six. you know, say, that's the thing. He may, he may not even get 200. Like if it's six years, 30 million a year, that's 180. So I'll say six, six, 180. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. a good bet. That's but, uh, still the fact yes. that he got seven, one forty one and, and six, one eighty. And, and like you said, Devers is probably, Devers is a top five third baseman, but he got paid like he's the best third baseman in baseball. hundred percent. Yeah. And that's kind of my, my thing on him. Like he is, and to me, he's pretty clearly not. Um, and like I said, even though he's younger, um, I, he's already not a good defender. So you do worry about the aging curve with that. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a profile just in terms of the low walk rate. Um, you know, he's, he's always been a good contact hitter, but that sometimes that can also start to turn awry in a third in as someone approaches their 30. So it, it definitely has some back end potential to be very painful, but oh, yeah. I don't think anyone's really complaining about that up front. It's, it's a solid deal. And, you know, him and his agent had Boston over a barrel and uh, they, he got paid there. They just definitely need to figure out a way to make the front end of that contract competitive for them they need yeah. to because like you said no no one's going to care in the back half just the same way i mean it's going to be more imperative for jose ramirez to be good at 30 going to be like pool holes chances. on that b- back half or like miguel cabrera on that back half likely possibly so but again like you said you, nobody cares you're signing yeah. him to get his age what he is 26 this year uh next 27 five. next year yeah it's the next five well even next i would even go to six. age 30 yeah, so to age 32, and after that, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, but They've got to find a way to be good around him in the next six years, and Which, one of those years ain't this year. No, and, and you know, like I said, we'll, we'll kick it down, the, maybe discuss some trade ideas in, in the uh, YouTube-only section, uh, but the, the minors are not good either, and we, we can discuss some of that. But we should – I'm going to cut Justin off here, everyone's favorite, because we got to uh, – we're going to talk about those trades. We're going to – uh, talk about the Cleveland Guardians additions. We'll see if we have time for third base. We're definitely going to talk about these four very interesting players in a moment here. Unlocked on Guardians. Our sponsor is, it's one of my favorites. It is the favorite. Uh, it is BuiltBar.com. I did pull up the talking points today just to see what it says. They have unbelievable flavors like churro, agreed, peanut butter brownie, agreed, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, I'm not going to read just the, the corny dialogue. Okay. I'm going to tell you it's healthy, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. Uh, for years, we've been talking about Built Bar. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. They've gone nationwide. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. That's how good they are for you. They're in the medicine section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream 
double chocolate or coconut puff. I would say go coconut puff there. I might actually go pick up some coconut puff this weekend now that I know this is a thing. If you uh, if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13 bar box with brownie batter and churro. Now those are both A pluses in my book. So and it says you can thank me later. And of course, if you don't have a Walmart, you don't have a Sam's Club, or you don't like to go to either places, uh, you can always go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. Save yourself 15%. But, I mean, they're going nationwide, and it's for a reason. It's a fantastic product. It is the best, best protein bar I have ever had. Justin, I know we talked about how you got your fanny pack yesterday slash uh, bathroom carry-all. But uh, look forward to when you start getting the Built Bars in the mail. That's that's another nice I bonus. can't wait. It's, it's something to look forward to. I legitimately love this product. And uh, my students love them. Uh, occasionally, a kid forgets a lunch, is super hungry. I share my Built Bars. Um, and yeah, they, they, and, you know, when a kid likes a protein bar that, that sometimes says a lot as well, uh, go to builtbar.com today or go to Walmart and pick them up today. So who do you want to start with? Uh, do we start with who's let, okay. Let, can I do a fun one? I'm going to let you pick the player, but I'm going to put the cav, not the cat. I'm going to put the I'm going to put a diagnose. No, I can't think of the words. So I'm going to describe them, and you're going to tell me which player this is. The one most likely okay. to play with Cleveland in the majors this year. Um, give me Tuki Toussaint. Oh, incorrect. My who is who is Tuki Toussaint? Sorry, that is Jeopardy stuff. No, um, <laughs> that's fine. Why do you think Tuki Toussaint's most likely to to, uh, to get to the big leagues? I'm just going off a track record with him. I mean, I know he's never been able to throw strikes, but the guy has been a top prospect, you know, throughout his entire career. And the stuff has always been intriguing. And, you know, I know, I know Cleveland's thing is taking guys who have good command and helping them throw harder. I don't know if they necessarily can help guys who throw and, and Tukey doesn't necessarily throw that hard. I mean, tops out about 94, but um, maybe 95, but I don't know if, if there's somebody who I think can help him out. It's got to be Cleveland. I could see him in like a, a Carl Edwards Jr. type revival. You know, he had a good season last year for Washington. Um, Tukey's always had really good stuff, and people really like him. I've always liked him. I would be super excited to see if they can find a way to, to shoehorn him into a bullpen role because they could use that that uh, other success story in the bullpen. That You know, they, they did help Eniel De Los Santos last, last year to kind of come out of nowhere, so... I don't know. Why not Tukey, right? I, so my whole thing with them is that like the one thing they do well is find another gear, but they've actually kind of historically failed with helping guys uh, with command rates. But I will say the other side is that, you know, uh, as you said with Eniel, it, last year was the best walk rate since he was in double A. Like he'd been over three and then in the majors over four. So maybe there's some hope there, but you know, that is the guy where you kind of look and go, okay, maybe this can balance out. That's what's the only thing that's really stopped Tukey. Uh, you know, he was a fascinating prospect. He ended up going in 2014th draft. He went 16th to the diamondbacks. He had some talk leading into that draft season and kind of a disappointing senior year as a high school guy. He had some one, one talk. Like he was electric mm-hmm three potential plus pitches, a four pitch mix. It just command and control have both been below. And if, if you are him, why wouldn't you want to come to Cleveland, right? Like Cleveland, LA, Milwaukee, Tampa, you want to end up in one of those spots. Those are the, or Houston. Those are the five spots. Yeah. Like if I am a, a guy. So yeah, I totally think 
he was definitely the most interesting name. I think if I had asked you the question, who's the most interesting player on this list? You, you, we, everyone would agree. It's Tuki Toussaint. And I mean, he's just, if he can work on that walk percentage, that walk. Rate, I also wonder if they can, you know, do some usage change. Like he, yeah. he last year he threw his sinker most often, you know, do you ask him, throw your curveball, throw your splitter more because yeah. the curveball has always been his best pitch. The splitter yes. has been really good for him. If you could maybe make some usage changes there too, um, you know, maybe you could unlock something there as well. I mean, look at Sam Henches for even though um, he only got one year as a starter, you know, he didn't have a great command in the minors. He switched to a bullpen role last year and look at his command got better because he, he was throwing harder and that could also be something that happens for Tucson too. If he goes into a bullpen role, he could throw a little bit harder, which could help him. But I don't know. Sam Hench's walk rate was, was he didn't walk as many guys last year. Um, I don't think they really changed a whole lot with him. It just became a usage issue, uh, a, you know, different usage of his arsenal and not at, you know, you throw harder, you just let your stuff go. And sometimes your stuff plays better and you're not necessarily throwing more strikes, but guys are swinging and missing or making bad contact because they're only seeing you one time through the order and, and that, you know, cuts your walk, walk rate down without really having to try too much. So that could be yeah. just one simple way to do it. I, I, I would envision that they're going to have him in a bullpen role because look at their starting depth at the AAA and AA. How can you say this is a guy that's going to be in our starting rotation in the minor leagues or something? Because I just don't see how you can do it. I think, too, with him, I think you have a good point there about maybe getting rid of the sinker, too, because he has had very high ground ball percentages. I'm not necessarily scrapping it, but using it less. Um, and it's also interesting to look at the data, like guys go pool crazy against him as well throughout mm-hmm. his career. So, um, yeah, he's, he's got the pitches to be successful. If they, like you said, I think it's a very good point to talk about changing the pitch mix, um, maybe getting him to do a few little things differently, but the, the, the bare pitches are there to be successful. Like, it, like you said, the curveball has been the pitch dating back to high school. The, um, was it? I totally blanked out. It was the split. Uh, you know, maybe he goes to that more and become a two, a two pitch guy, maybe show, you know, some of those other pitches and very low percentages. But I think that is the way to go. So we talked about Tuki, who is far and away the most interesting, only 26 years of age. I know it feels like I, for some of us, he's been around for a while, but he's only 26 as well. I know I said on Twitter, I said, if you would have told me seven years ago that Tuki Tucson would be signing a minor league deal in 2023, I don't think I would have believed you. Yeah. And no, it's, he's, uh, you know, he was, was he part of the, uh, the Shelby Shelby Miller Miller. deal? Yeah. He was Mm -hmm. one of the many pieces and that, uh, a deal that made a franchise. Um, (laughs) boy, the Braves have come a long way, haven't they? Well, I mean the, it was the diamondbacks who, Oh yeah, that's right. Cause the Braves got, they, did they, they got, give the Dimebacks Bronson Roy or they take Bronson Royo's salary in order to facilitate that salary? Trade. But then they also like, you know, they um, got Tuki Toussaint, they got Dansby Swanson, they got, I mean, that was mm. that was quite the deal when you go back and go through. Um they, 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 I mean it's it's the Bartolo, it's basically the closest equivalent to the Bartolo Cologne deal in uh recent baseball history. It's just it's that level of a heist for those who we're not paying attention as it occurred or since. Uh, should we should we talk 
more pitching? How do you want to go handle this? Should we should we dive well, into the uh, Michael Kelly and then save the hitters for uh, the next segment? I yeah, let's talk about Michael Kelly because I have a feeling that that was the guy you were expecting me to answer. That no, was the right answer. No, actually, he wasn't. Uh, oh well, let's go to the next. Who was the, the right answer? I thought Cam Gallagher, um, because Cam Gallagher's going to go to camp. All the players are going to go to camp. Right. And then they'll be able to put guys on the 60 man disabled list and they'll be able to open up a 40 man spot and it won't cost them anyone. And here's the bet that they can have up who is that, you know, fun, fun, fungible. Is that the word I'm looking for? Catcher type who's, you know, has, you know, good. Yeah. He's rosterified. He would be until like Bo Naylor's ready. He's a solid, reliable backup who knows the American League Central who has good defensive um, numbers, I believe, on paper. I'd have to really go dig on him and see. I didn't go to Savant. I'm going to do that now. But, again, he knows the division. He knows uh, he's a known asset. And once you get to camp and you can op- you know, put guys on the disabled list and start opening 40-man spots that way because there will be guys. I, I mean, it doesn't feel like there's anyone who's going to go on the 40, you know, the, uh, the 60-day disabled list. But, I mean – Cody Morris ended up there. Like there's going to be a spot by the end of camp. I guarantee it. Someone's going to end up there. Um, and then you bring him along. Yeah. And there's nobody right now that needs to be on there. Maybe there will be. I'm, I'm really curious about this one. Gallagher has been a poor framer. He had, he had good framing numbers in 2021. Um, yeah. Very poor pop time. This is not, He's never had good. This pop. is not, yeah, this is not like the other guys they've signed this offseason, like Maybreeze Valorans, and you know, you know, he has never been good at, at controlling the run game. I, I shouldn't say that. I, the pop time is bad. I'd have to look and see how he's done throwing runners out. But um, in terms of pop time, not been good. Framing, he had one good year in framing, and, and I, that was twenty twenty one. The other years, was- it's been it's been pretty rough. And that was one of the years um, he actually got to play a lot. Like that's his second highest. It's the only he's only had two seasons with over 100 plate appearances, and that was one of them. But at the yeah. same time, like he's got a career runs created plus of 76, which again, not great. But we just had Austin Hedges here the last few years. I, I mean, know. Um, so that's I where I think still... like, as a backup, if they want a veteran backup, his knowledge of the division, his knowledge of the players in there, the fact that like you know when you face all those, you know, he's going to know like what, you know, they'll go over anyone they get and be like, okay, against this guy, we want to throw this, but like, he already knows it too. Like the, the fact that he knows the division so well, and I know it's a balanced schedule, so that doesn't mean as much as it used to, but I don't know. It, this just struck me as the guy where he sets up perfectly once they play around with the roster to have that backup uh, on there, uh, give him that veteran that we know Tito's going to want. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Valoria is still young. He's only 25. I didn't realize how young Valoria is. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I kind of felt like Valoria was was going to be the backup. I know he doesn't have a lot of experience at the major league level. So, yeah, I just thought maybe for the same reasons that they don't, you know, they're not high on Bo, that Tito's going to want two vets up there at the start of the year. And then yeah, Valoria that is could like be. Your, your triple A guy. With Naylor as more of a backup until Naylor gets called up and Lavacita maybe begins in double A, trying to rebuild some confidence. Yeah, I could see that. I could see Valoria going to triple A with, with Lavastida. And although the thing is, who, you're not going to have three catchers at triple A. If Valoria goes to triple A, 
and Naylor starts the year triple A. Lavastida is a triple A. No, he's double A to build up his confidence because you want him to play every day. I could see the him start like after the injury plagued year. I could see them trying to rebuild him. And who else? I mean, they're not blocking anyone if he goes. To but he finished a. the whole second half at double A already last year. So this yeah, would essentially but- be his his like second and a half trip around double A. I know. I understand what you're saying. I just yeah. But I mean, they're going to want to seem great. So I, I think I think he ends up there just because of the way it shapes up that they're going to want him to build up reps and everything else and and there's no one else unless yeah. you're putting Valoria Valoria down there and yeah Valoria is left-handed though I don't know if that makes a difference in terms of wanting to have a platoon early on not platoon but having a left-handed option at catcher but I don't know I just I I maybe they'll see how it goes with Gallagher at first and as a backup and because I don't know the the arm and the pop time that's going to be so important this year with the pickoff rule. I don't know how you can get away with the guy like Gallagher. I I have to see maybe, maybe the pop time doesn't necessarily say how good he's been at controlling the run game, but I don't know how that changes this year. So um, I have a hard time believing they're going to get away with it. I guess we'll see in camp, right? Like that's, uh, they're going to see how that, because the rules will obviously be in place in spring training. So we'll see. Um, We'll see what happens. He was I'm trying to look at his throughout. Percentage. Ooh, it's not great. He has not been great. He was, uh, he threw out four of 17 in 2021, which is not bad, I guess. And he threw out two of eight in last year. So um, in the minors, let's see, because the minors, he would have played against the, the new rules. Uh, he was with three organizations last year. Jeez, he's all over the place. Two of seven in triple in with Kansas City's triple A team. Three of 19 in the Padres system, and then zero for nine in Baltimore system. So he did not control the run game very well last year. I, I don't know. I have concerns. I mean, I don't think he's good. Sure. Uh, don't get me wrong, but I just think Tito wants two veterans to start the year. And he is the guy that signing him now means they can hold him until they can play with the roster. Like this means, Hey, we don't have to cut. You know, if you want to get somebody who's a little bit better then you got to cut someone in this way, they're taking the lesser oh, guy yeah. knowing, you know, that he's going to get through. He's going to be there. They don't have to knock anyone off the 40 man. There'll be someone at the end of camp. Who's going to go on the 60 ADL. And you probably want someone like him for half the year. And I think that to, to me, that's all it is. This is just roster manipulation. And he is the best guy they could get at a cheap, the cheapest possible price. Well, you don't have to add Naylor to the 40 to bring him up either. You'd have to add Gallagher no. to the 40 or Valoria. But you're right. If you put Gallagher on the 40 um, and make him your backup, you're like, okay, well, if we DFA him when Naylor's ready yeah. and that opens a spot for anybody else, that's mm-hmm. fine. Um, I, I don't know if they wouldn't be comfortable doing the same thing to Valoria, though. Like, you know, if he, I understand he's 25 and maybe offers a little bit better depth and you're less worried about losing Gallagher, but I don't know. If any other team wanted Valoria, they could assign him this offseason, too. Yeah. So you can easily say the same thing about him. He can create roster space. I, I just think it's the Tito preference. That's all. But, you know, I think I think he's going to want the guy with the the experience, the knowledge in that. Like, he's, he's – I mean, it's why we got Sandy Leon back here. It's why we always – I mean, they never ran with anyone young at that catching position. I mean, even when Mejia was a prospect, and we know he wasn't a great defender. Like, I mean, they have not – run young player eric haas barely got to play i mean tito's whole time here catcher has been vets 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 you know closer to 30 better over 30 great um but let's uh let's take a quick break and then we're gonna come back and talk about the last two players 
that we have not discussed yet on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. And we are back. Uh, okay, Michael Kelly, uh, you know, it's hard to not think about uh, Eniel De Los Santos just because they both pitched in Philly the year before they came. Um, uh, Kelly's missed some bats the last few years in the upper minors, um, but he's also had some control issues. What are your thoughts on him? I think he was probably, you know, the, the name that most fans knew the least. Yeah, he has, hasn't been very healthy, hasn't pitched a lot of innings to the major league level. Uh, the first thing I can think about him, really, though, is is the slider. The slider's good. The slider's a good pitch. I don't know if you had a chance to look at 70% of the time a year ago. Yeah, he, he's kind of a one-trick pony. The fastball's not great. Uh, he's got a cutter. Is that what it was the other pitch was? Or was it a chain? I can't remember. Either way. Uh, yes, he's got a cutter and um, a f- yeah, it's he's, a fastball. Fastball, cutter, slider. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a one trick pony. The slider, yeah. the slider is a good pitch on its own. I don't know how the rest of the pitches um, make it work because there is that study that our, our our one of our favorite guys on Twitter who now works for a team, Tieran, did uh, the Carlos Vargas effect, where he's got a great slider because the fastball was so poor in terms of shape and, and missing yeah. bats that it it uh, takes a slider effectiveness down essentially. Yeah. So I don't know. So Kelly have has a lot of you could compare in a lot of ways to to what Vargas might be might be or become. Yeah, I mean he doesn't throw as hard as Vargas, no. obviously, but the slider the slider has some really fantastic metrics. It's a good pitch. If you, just watching the eye test too, it's a fantastic pitch. I, I have no idea. Maybe they feel like they can help him with his other pitches, but you know you've got a base to start with 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 the slider, right? He misses some bats. Um, you figure something else out with another pitch and. All of a sudden, he becomes a uh, serviceable, I don't know, uh, sixth guy or seventh guy in your bullpen. You know, he's got options oh. left. You can, if you put, some, you put him on the 40, you, somehow you can move him up and down. Uh, you know, I, what I saw in Fangraphs, too, Cato really liked him. We're talking seven years ago now. Yeah, Cato I mean, yeah he's, he hasn't really had a Fangraph write-up since 2017. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Cato was the last thing to like him. And I liked Cato. I liked Chris Mitchell. But yeah. it is a system that is, you know, has Cato has not been updated since Chris Chris Mitchell, I believe, left baseball. I think he went to the private. No, he sector. got hired by a team. Did he get hired by a team? I thought he left for private sector for a time. Did I think he, he got hired back? by a team, so that's why. Because I know he left baseball for a bit. That's oh. that, I don't know if he left and came back or he. Um, but I'll have to double check. We used to follow each other. It was it was one of those fun things. It was one of those people where I. Really liked him, um, but yeah. Uh, okay, no, he's with the Twins. You're right. He yeah. ended up with the Twins. Yeah, they hired him. So I don't know. He maybe he's using Cato internally with the Twins. Uh, interesting yeah. that Cleveland would sign him then. Um, but yeah, you have a slider to work with. There's a base there, and <laughs> excuse me, they have got plenty of pitchers for Double A and Triple A. So um, I'm not sure what happens with Kelly, but. I don't know. Like I said, the slider is there and Cleveland can help with pitching and in his very, 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 very small sample in the majors last year, he was fine. Maybe they saw something out of that. I don't know. That's all I have to go off of is is good slider and a lot of injury history. Yeah, slider um, and he's been like almost completely off the radar. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's he's he's an interesting player from that perspective, but definitely the least well-known name. Uh, okay, Jeopardy. Uh, who is the fastest player in this trade? This one has a correct answer. Uh, and they're yeah. not trades, uh, group of signings. Yeah. Um, it's not Terrence Gore, but I think the best thing you can say about him is maybe he's a Terrence Gore. It's Roman Quinn. Yes. Uh, he's an average fielder. He's got 80 grade speed. He's probably one of the top 10 fastest guys in baseball. And um, he's, he's an all right depth guy. They, they do have, and they don't have blistering speed in those minors anymore. Like we talked about that with the Sean Murphy, like trying to find a guy who had that speed level and they don't have it anywhere. So it, you know, it does bring a component they don't have. Yeah. I was looking at the triple a depth chart the other day. Let me actually pull it up. Cause I'm still trying to finish it for next year in Cleveland. Um, like triple a outfield right now, you could have Benson Valera and Palacios. And the fourth outfielder is if you, you know, if you go with Will Brennan and, um, on the major league roster to start the season, it's Palacios, Benson, Valera in, in Columbus. And Chris Roller is like your only uh, outfield reserve in triple a. Yeah. So they did have a need there and he's fast, but he just makes so little contact for a guy whose main tool is speed. It's a weird signing because a, he makes so little contact for a guy who runs as fast as he does. And obviously it goes against everything that they've been preaching with contact rates, but if he's, he made contact, he would have been on a team already. Yeah, for everyone who complained about like the Mike Zanino K rates, don't look at Roman Quinn's. Like last year, it was forty-one no. percent, uh, and for his career, he's over thirty percent for a guy who has hit eight home runs in six hundred plate appearances. He has no power at all. Um, he is all speed, bad contact rate. It, it's just athleticism. He can play three outfield spots, and he's fast. You know, you. you uh, his prospect report in 2018 had like a 50 current hit with a 55 potential hit, uh, 55 field and 80 speed. Unfortunately, that hit tool is closer to like a 40, not a 50. Uh, that that's, I would if even he go was, lower than that. You would think a 35? I mean, I to me, like a 30 is you can't even really handle. I mean, anything. his career average is 226. That's about as bad as it gets. His, yeah. strike, his best strikeout rate was 24%. That's if he had 50 maybe, hit, maybe that's a 40. If he had 50 hit, he'd be a major leaguer, I think. You know what's interesting, too, is you look at his numbers, and I know he hasn't really ever had a, a large sample over a season, but he has, he only has 43 career stolen bases. And, um, he doesn't get on base enough. <laughs> right, that's what I mean. So I, the speed hasn't, hasn't, hasn't had a chance to show up. So uh, he is the one I feel like is least likely to play for the team this season. I was just going to – I was kind of curious. So – is this only last year's data? I wanted to look at his his career splits. I know it's a small sample, but that could be the one thing you're like, okay, maybe this could make. Like I said, they needed speed. He's got uh, versus lefty. He's better against lefties than righties. So there is that. Uh, wait, no. All the way around. He data. was better against righties against last righties year. And lefties. Uh, because it's got, I hate when they Strikeout rate's still abysmal no matter what you yeah. do. He, because uh, he's, 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 a switch hitter who some who has data as a lefty and a righty versus lefties. So that threw me off. Um, hmm. Yeah. So he's, I don't, I don't know. Maybe he's not switch hitting anymore. Maybe he's uh, one of those players who abandoned it. 
uh but yeah he, i i don't know like i i think he could play if the team potentially like september if they just call him up is for defense and and speed of course then you have to worry about Aaron's score man. but but nice. yeah. Aaron's score hopefully yeah he's That's about they, it they, they don't have speed they added speed to the system um it's fine like again they need depth he can <laughs> handle three spots he can run well he's an overall asset to the, the system but you're hoping yeah. he doesn't really get any opportunity uh, and that's, we didn't get to third base today. Um, uh, not to denigrate the position, but you're not missing much. Let's, let's be honest. It's maybe the weakest one when we finally handle it. Um, but we will get there next week, uh, off season. So we're only doing three podcasts a week. Uh, we're going to end this one here and we're going to, like I said, maybe discuss some Boston things on the, uh, the back half. I got a few trade ideas. I'll throw Justin's way. See if I'm insane or not insane. Uh, and we'll see what else comes. Uh, all on today's Lockdown Guardians. Again, join us on YouTube for the second half. And we'll end this one here. Go, go, Guardians, go.